Good morning, evening, or afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Whenever you listen to this podcast, my name is John Booth, and this is 3790 After Dark. I'm here with our associate pastor, Mr. Jacob Grinstead. Mm. There's that. Blushing a little bit after that. Jacob, why don't you go ahead and tell the audience what we're going to be talking about today. Just introduce the topic. Yeah, so today we're going to be going over the topic. It's entitled, If There's a Hell. Now, you may be a Christian listening, and you're answering, well, of course, there's a hell. Um, And so I want to question you and say, well, if you really believe there's a hell, then shouldn't you think that we act differently and even think differently about some topics that we'll be going over? And then if you're listening and you're not sure or you believe that there's not a hell, then indulge us for this conversation. And let's think and ask ourselves the question, what if there's a possibility of hell? How would that change our lives? That's right. So those are the topics we're going to be getting into right here on 3790 After Dark, right after our sick intro music. Welcome to the first official episode in the last few months of 3790 After Dark. Jacob, let's dive into the first part of the story, talking about the rich man and the beggar. Yeah, before we dive into it, I'm really looking forward to when we start filming these, because then they'll be able to see your dance moves to our... Because let me just say this, John loves our intro music. And he shows that with every move that he puts on behind the, behind the microphone. What can I say? It's a banger. <laughs> I only do that because I know you guys can't see me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so getting into it, we're in Luke chapter 16, uh, verses 19 through 31. Again, we're entitling it, If There's a Hell. The, um, this passage of scripture is bringing up to us and referring to uh, two characters, really, the rich man, which they don't give a name for, and then the poor man, Lazarus. So again, the rich man and then the poor man, Lazarus. It explains um, the rich man and how he was clothed in purple and fine linen. And it even says that he was fared sumptuously every day, which sumptuously means like lavishly. Um, so it kind of just paints a picture of someone, as John Michael, when we were discussing it, just us was saying of someone who is fat and happy, uh, has everything they want, has everything they need, and even has a surplus of all of those things. Um, and then it paints us a picture for Lazarus. Um, the Bible even says, and there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs, which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores, which is kind of gross to paint a picture of, but it is really showing us, uh, this poor man, Lazarus, who was so poor, he was sitting at the, at the trying to get the crumbs from the rich man's table. He was sitting there kind of as a dog would do, um, sitting at your table waiting for you just to drop that piece of bread or drop, you know, the salad or steak that you're eating. That's what Lazarus was doing, was sitting there trying to eat the crumbs of the rich man. The only friends he had were the dogs, and they were there licking his sores. So it paints a really good picture um, of Lazarus and then also the rich man. There's an even bigger separating factor between the two. I think we're going to get into before we discuss the topic of whether or not there 
is or is not a hell. Mm-hmm. And it's their faith. Right. So the rich man's faith was placed in his riches, the things that he had here, the physical possessions. Lazarus's faith was placed somewhere entirely different. It's placed above, placed in the Lord. And you're going to see, as we kind of get deeper into the story, just what kind of an impact that has on their t- their two journeys after this temporal life is over. Yeah, and as the story goes on, um, the Bible then says that Lazarus, the poor man, um, goes to heaven, or in this instance, because um, he's speaking to a uh, Jewish crowd, he calls it Abraham's bosom, and that's where Lazarus is spending his eternity, and then the uh, rich man um, is in hell. And as the Bible reads, the rich man looks up and cries out to God and says, send Lazarus to just drop, put a drop of water on the end of my tongue because he is absolutely being tormented. And God explains to him that that's not something that can happen because while you were on earth, you laid up your treasures of earthly things. But what the poor man did was laid up treasures in heaven. Mm. Um, And so hence the reason why Lazarus was in heaven and the uh, rich man was in hell. So then he even goes on to ask questions of, well, if um, there's no hope for me, then send somebody to my family's house because my family needs to know. Mm. And God responds with, there's people on earth now trying to reach your family, and it's up to them to be reached. It's their decision. Just as it was his decision just, while he was right, on earth. Right? Just as it was his decision. I think it's really interesting that the Bible remarks about the rich man being able to see Abraham, Abraham's bosom and Lazarus, being able to see heaven, but not being able to reach it. Mm-hmm. That separation, it's like you, it's been said like this on earth, you don't realize what you have until it's gone. You don't realize what you could have had in this case until you see it. You see heaven and realize the torment that you're in because of the choices you've made in your life. That's a hard reality. We want to think that, especially a lot of times in church, like, Heaven and hell are these two very separated places, and like we won't have to look upon the the refuse, the mm-hmm. the bad souls, if you will. But from what I'm reading in the text, is a very clear picture that that will be seen and can be seen, but isn't something that can be felt. It's right. something that you're separated from that punishment, but the visual is is there. Yeah, because even in verse 26, it says, "And beside all this, between us." And you, there's a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from here to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from there. So kind of getting into this topic of if there's a hell, it's important to discuss the question, do you believe that there's a hell? Do you believe that there is a heaven, and do you believe that there is a hell? Now, me personally, I, I do believe that there's a hell. I believe that there's a heaven. And, and you can kind of speak to John of like kind of what the Bible explains of like um, hell is being a place of a lake of fire, heaven being a place of streets of gold, two totally opposite. Um, right. But the big, the, one of the biggest factors is, is, is the eternity of them. So when we either pass away and go to heaven or hell or the Lord comes back and we go to heaven or hell, that is the eternity part of it. Um, it's even explained that if you ever go to a funeral and you see a, a person's birth date and then a person's um, day that they died, and that little line in between is how long you were on life, a very small right. line compared to a full rope, a full spool of rope um, that is eternity. So the time that we spend here is very small compared to an eternity 
that is either going to be spent in either heaven or hell. Right. I, I think there are some key differences, right? But the, the, the biggest separator is that hell is a lack of God's love, a lack of being in God's presence. So you don't get the fineries. You don't get the streets of gold. You don't get the, the, eternal, the eternal gift of being able to worship the Lord. Because you chose to worship things. You chose to worship money and success here on earth. And I think one of the biggest lies that the enemy tells us is that hell is not so bad. Oh, hell is just a place that you go if you want to buck the system and like not believe in God and do those things. Hell, Hell's a party. You see it in movies all the time. It's a famous line, I'll see you in hell. Right? <laughs> it's just like this sort of uh, portrayal as it being a place that you could choose to go and somewhat be okay. But that's far from the reality presented in the Bible. The text says the rich man was in torment right. and, and begged just just for a single drop of water to cool his tongue because he was in torment. And Abraham plainly tells him, we cannot. Yeah, and I think that's something else that this story highlights. Um, if you pay attention to it, it, pay, it tells us that there's going to be a time where it's too late to where you are going to be paying for the decisions that you made on earth. Now, some will be paying for it by the Lord receiving you, despite because you believed on him, despite your wrongdoings, he still receives you into his kingdom um, because you were saved. And then there are those who had their whole lifetime to repent and turn to God. And then there's this moment in time where it's going to be, you had your, you had your time to make that decision and you didn't and the wrath of God is going to be displayed to those people. Right. I think it's really interesting. Had some conversations with some people that don't say that they don't believe in hell. Aren't Christians don't believe in hell. And you ask them, well, is Adolf Hitler in heaven? Mm-hmm. And their answer is, of course not. He's in hell. Well, you just said you didn't believe in that place. How could, how could you condemn someone to a place you don't believe in? Right. And I think it's ingrained in every human being that, there is a certain moral standard, but where we get so mixed up and so in the weeds is that we're not attributing the moral standard to God. We're not attributing the moral standard where we get our moral hierarchy from to the Lord. We think that we can create our own moral standards, and that's where you see people go off the rails and do these horrible atrocities because they don't have a legitimate basis for what their morality should be based on in Christ. And so... The, the rich man was living that way, maybe not to the extent of Hitler, obviously, <laughs> but he was setting his own standard for morality, setting his own standard for what is and isn't good. It doesn't say anywhere in the text that he decided to feed Lazarus out of his excess. Mm-hmm. It says that Lazarus begged at his table. Mm-hmm. And so him ignoring that is setting his own standard for morality. And he got, he got the results of that mentality and that mindset and that lifestyle. Yeah, and it even shows what his continued thought towards Lazarus was. He's being tormented in hell and still looks upon Lazarus to serve him. Right. Lazarus, come dip water on my tongue. And if not, at least go tell my brother so they don't end up here. Yeah. He's still... Still calling on him to yeah, be a servant to him. Still calling on him to be a servant, even though it's not mentioned in the text that Lazarus was in his employment. Right, yeah. So, with that, in this topic of if there's a hell, we first wanted to go over the subject of hell, subject of heaven. Now, again, you may be sitting back and you don't know what you believe when it comes to heaven and hell, or you may have a very uh, complete thought of what you believe about hell. 
Um, but no matter what your belief system is right now, if you're listening, um, I just ask you for the rest of this, let's talk about like there is a hell to you. Let's say that you do believe in it. Um, give us the next 30 minutes of you believing that. And with that, with that first question, if there's a hell, there's, I'll say it this way. There's a, someone said it like this, um, you know, if there's a heaven or if there's a hell, you can go through life not believing it. But what if you're wrong? Right? Yeah. <laughs> if you look at it from this perspective, just a logical one, right? There are people out there who say that neither heaven nor hell exists. And if they're right and I'm wrong, nothing happens. Mm-hmm. If it's the opposite and I'm right and they're wrong, eternal torment or eternal pleasure is on the line. I know which side of that. I'd rather take if we're just hedging our bets here. Yeah, we have nothing to lose, everything to gain. Right. Um, but there's a lot of loss yeah. <laughs> for those who don't believe and are wrong. But so with that, we're thinking that there is a hell. Ask yourself the question, if there really is a point in time where you're going to have to make a payment for the wrongs that you have done, which would be hell. So if there is a hell... Would you leave your own soul up to question? We talked about earlier that when we meet Jesus after we die or the Lord comes back, we meet Jesus, we're either going to heaven or hell. The Bible gives a very good description on how we can go to heaven and not go to hell. So with that, if there is a hell, would you leave any percent of a question that you would be going to hell? Right, absolutely. Easy way to break that down, right? Jacob, if I told you that if you go in that gas station and buy a lottery ticket, there's a 100% chance of you winning the lottery. But if you come Done. out of that gas station without a lottery ticket, then I'm going to shoot you with a paintball gun. <laughs> right? You're going to go buy a lottery ticket. Right. You're going to take the money and not get shot with a paintball gun. In this case, the the mentality or the thought process that leads you to believe that there is no hell and choose a life that res- that reflects that, is the equivalent of not buying the lottery ticket and electing to getting shot with a paintball gun. And then, in the case of the rich man, turning around and saying, well, nobody told me that you, they were going to shoot me with a paintball gun, but I did tell you. And there, he, Abraham says that to him plainly. They have Moses and the prophets. If they can't form an opinion or make a right choice based on the information they've been given, it doesn't matter if we send Lazarus. They won't choose. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if I told you once, twice, or three times walked in the gas station with you and bought you the ticket, you still wouldn't have chosen to take it. Yeah, so then, so the first thought is, if if there's a hell, would you not do everything you could to make sure that you're going to heaven? If you really grasp the thought of how bad hell is, which the Bible here describes it as a place of being tormented um, for an eternity. Eternally. Yeah. Yeah, so if you can somehow grasp eternally, if you can somehow grasp the torment of hell, wouldn't you do everything you could to make sure that you don't go there? Now, the Bible plainly describes how you can not go there and go to heaven, which we would love for you to reach out to us, and we'll explain further to you. Um, So wouldn't you do everything you could to make sure that you went to heaven rather than hell? And secondly, um, if there is a hell, would you live your life for worldly pleasure? And we see that in verses 24 and 25. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send um, Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things, 
and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and you are tormented. Right. And this isn't some fire and brimstone message that says you can't have anything good in life and you have to right. be a beggar to go to heaven. But there's a difference between receiving blessings and seeking after worldly pleasure. There's a difference between serving the Lord and letting him bless you and casting off wanting to serve the Lord, casting off your belief in him in exchange for the things that the world has to offer you. So the rich man lived his life in exchange for the things that the world had to offer. Lazarus didn't receive any of those things and still placed his faith in the Lord. And so that therein lies the difference between somebody who ends up in heaven and somebody who ends up in hell. It's you, you can be rich and go to heaven. Mm-hmm. It's possible. But if you're shucking the responsibility, the, the yoke of Christ that's been placed on your life for those riches, then it's impossible. Yeah, Matthew chapter 6 starts off by explaining that pretty well. Um, and now I'm not going to say it word for word, um, but it talks about how um, people in this world will achieve what they set out to achieve. Um, it says those who do things for men's applause will receive men's applause. Those who do things for money will receive money. And I think this world has proven that people in general are smart enough to obtain what they're, what they're searching for and what they're trying to get. But the question is, is what are you searching for and what are you living for? Mm-hmm. If you're living for a close relationship with Jesus Christ, he's faithful to give that to us. Mm-hmm. If you're living for making the next dollar, you're going to make the next, you're smart enough to make the next dollar. Sure. If you're, if you're working for the next relationship or the next promotion, you are smart enough and skilled enough. And the world has created a very uh, high success rate into being able to do that. But you need to check your heart and ask yourself, what are you searching for? And even in the context of our discussion is if you really believe there's a hell, then would all these worldly things matter? Would the right. next promotion really matter that much? Would the extra dollar, if there's a hell and all of it's going to go away anyways, at some point in life, mm. would, does that really matter? Yeah. And this perfectly parallels the good stewardship series that your dad's been preaching on. Mm-hmm. Lay yourself up treasures in heaven. Provide yourselves bags that wax not old. There is a place where what you do, well, nothing that you do, but the things that Christ has done for you matter. And those treasures don't go away. Mm-hmm. Whereas the things you do in this life, unless it's kingdom business, don't matter. Yeah, dust and moths doth corrupt. Yep, and they just fade away. And so all of his... Finery, all of his purple robes, every delicious meal that he chose not to share, mm-hmm. gone. We Jacob and, and I go to Brewster's like two or three times a week. <laughs> Got a great brownie Sunday. We, we go get ice cream Sunday. Delicious, amazing. So blessed to be able to go get a brownie, <laughs> like a, a turtle Sunday. You know, gone. Seconds, just in just in the span of you know, a few minutes. Well, it's gone so fast it leaves you wanting more. Right. Yeah, gone so fast. That's, that's that's a great way to put it. Gone so fast, it leaves you wanting more, and there's there's nothing, nothing, on this earth in this life that can fulfill you, the way that Christ can, nothing. Right. Yeah. So then the last one is: if there's a hell, would you leave your friends and family without knowing? And this is a big one for me. If there's a hell, would you leave Earth? Would you leave relationships without your friends? And family knowing. I'm going to go ahead and add it in there. And your enemies knowing. 
yeah. your friends, family, and enemies knowing. The story goes on towards the end where he cries out and says, well, send somebody over to my family so that they can know. Yeah, again, I mean, treating Lazarus like a servant tells Abraham to send <laughs> yeah. Lazarus. Send Lazarus, you know. Yeah. They'll recognize Lazarus, just they'll listen to him. And Abraham reveals their, their hearts, his family's hearts in that moment. If they can't trust Moses and the prophets, they are not going to trust anyone else. They're not going to trust Lazarus. It's even exemplified in the example of Jesus Christ. His own city, his own town, the world rejected Christ. If you don't listen to Jesus, you're not going to listen to Lazarus. Yeah, and I believe that um, each relationship that you have, each so-called enemy that you have, each family member that you have, I believe have been put in your life by God for a very big particular reason. Right. And that's to show them Christ. Mm. And so if you think about it, the people that you love the most, if there's a hell, and if there's a slight possibility that someone that you love the most will be tormented for eternity in hell, if you believe there's a hell, are you not going to do everything possible so that when you see Jesus, you can say, I did everything that I could. I mm. prayed for him. I talked to him. I showed him the Bible. I invited him to church. I even one time forced him in the car and took him to church. Um, forced him into coming. What would you do if you really believe a hell? And if you are sitting back and you're a Christian and you say, yeah, I believe that there's a, there's a hell right at the beginning of the podcast. Well, if you answered yes to that question, then how can we sit back and let these people that we have relationships with question because i i got i know people in my mind right now who who may not be saved who may not be going to heaven if i really believe that there's a possibility of them going to hell why am i not talking to them each week right why am i so scared of what they think sure that it outweighs the fear of them perishing eternity because what you don't want to do is you don't want to be the person in heaven looking down on those that were in your life those that knew and, and them yeah. screaming for you to drop water on their tongue yeah imagine that right yeah i it, again it parallels what the pastor's been preaching on talking more in the sense of physical giving you know christ is the source of our supply so you you can't outgive god right you we give and we're generous and he's faithful to make sure that we always have enough to give again. It applies the same way here. He fills our cup spiritually, and we give generously. We tell the, the good news, and he always makes sure that there's enough to give. Right. They, um, I think he was a famous wrestler. I can't remember his name, but it just came to my mind, so I didn't look it up or anything like that. But I remember watching an interview on him, and he's a pretty big atheist like he was pretty out about that um and so someone asked him like why are you so out about being an atheist and why why are you an atheist and this is an older wrestler and his answer was he was like the big one of the biggest reasons why i'm an atheist is by the way that christians live and are Mm -hmm. and he wasn't even because a lot of times you hear that it's because christians are hypocrites and stuff but he was more talking about if you really believe that all these things that you talk about are out there and you're not, and he's like, I've never been stopped once on the street to be told about Jesus Christ. Right. He's like, so you mean to tell me 
that you believe that there's a heaven or you believe that there's a hell and you're not telling every single person on the street. He's like, if I have some great news, I'm calling my family. I'm calling my friends. If I have something great to give people, mm-hmm. I'm letting it know and I'm doing it with joy. He's like, but Christians, it's like they're trying to hide it. If you really believe in what you're teaching, then why are you trying? Why does it seem like you're trying to hide it? Right. I think that's the fear that we all experience, right? Mm-hmm. It's not coming into contact with Christ's perfect love, missing the mark on what his perfect love really means and how the provision for our lives is there regardless of the rejection of human beings because the Bible promises us that we will be rejected by human beings because they rejected him also. Yeah, but but us doing that, um, and let me say this. I I'm, not, I'm not justifying. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, that's what I was about to say. Let me say I understand this is a super heavy topic. Sure. And this is super easy to talk about on a podcast. Totally different to go out and do. Right. And that's what hopefully we all, as listeners and even speakers, are praying for each other for, is to take what we learn mm. and use it in our everyday lives and use it out in the community. Um, but the Bible says faith is a substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. Mm. A lot of people spend their lives trying to prove the existence of God when I believe the Bible is telling us the proof of God is in the followers of God. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. By us living in faith, by us Christians living in faith, it is evidence to the rest of the world that there is a God. Right. There is something to be hoped for, Mm -hmm. hoped after, and it's that relationship with Christ. Right. Great. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. This has been 3790 After Dark. Listen in uh, for the Conversation of the Heights every Monday at midday and 3790 After Dark episodes on Fridays around midday. Hope to see you at church Sunday mornings, 1045, and again at 5 p.m. Wednesday nights, 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. We'll see you on the next episode of 3790 After Dark.